When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. I'll tell you what, we've got so much to cover. Wednesdays have become jam-packed with you know, Tomlin Tuesday, so we're recapping what Coach Tomlin had to say during his press conference. We're talking about DEFCON updates, injury updates, a whole bunch of other news, and then we finally dive into the topic. And don't forget, in the second half of this podcast, folks, it's Wednesday. It's hump day. Happy hump day. Second half of the show, you know what it is, mailbag segment. You all asked a ton of questions. I asked for early questions, meaning, like, hey, don't wait around. Like, I need these questions early. My goal was to record a little bit earlier than normal. Volleyball practice with the kids. Got to get it done. And you all certainly delivered. I mean, you all delivered in a big way. A lot of questions And I'm going to try to answer every single one of those, but that happens in the second half of this show. As a quick reminder, make sure you check out all of our podcasts, not just mine. The morning lineup, Jeffrey Benedict had a great show Tuesday morning, The Cutting Room Floor. Dave Schofield will have a great Stat Geek episode tomorrow on Thursday. Don't forget the the noon or midday lineup, Bad Language, The Steelers Fix, The War Room, What Yin's Talking About, The Pregame Show, and then all of our PM content. Make sure you listen to it all. It will not disappoint you, I guarantee it. All right, let's get to the news. Before we get to Tomlin Tuesday, the injury updates, all that stuff, I think I, I feel like I need to play a song. I wish I could, but, you know, with copyright infringement and all that stuff, I feel like, celebrate, celebrate, dance to the music, louder, celebrate. Yeah, that's right, Jordan Berry is gone again. He is gone for now. That's how I put it on my Twitter feed when I wrote the article the Steelers had shuffled their practice squad. Normally, this is just a footnote. I mean, players come and go. The 16-man practice squad roster is always very fluid, and they had to let Jordan Berry go. Why? Presley Harvin was fine. He was able to practice all last week, participated in the game in week four, didn't punt the ball horribly, not great either, but still. And so Jordan Berry, sayonara, sucker. Uh, That guy's out of here for now, but don't worry. Don't worry, we're not going to celebrate too much. Why? Because he's the weasel boy. And if you've listened to me long enough, you know what that means. The weasel boy will find his way back. He will weasel his way back into this organization sooner or later. I guarantee it. Sad to say, but it's true. All right, let's get to the Tomlin Tuesday stuff. Mike Tomlin had a lot to say on Tuesday, and it was predominantly, and he started with 
Kenny Pickett. Now, right before the press conference, the Steelers put out an updated depth chart. Kenny Pickett was QB1, Mitch Trubisky QB2, Mason Rudolph QB3. And he talked a lot about that decision. And I give him credit. Yeah, he could have just said, look, we're going with Kenny. This is our guy. He's not going to talk about it much about it. He talked a lot about it before even getting to questions. And he kind of outlined how he wanted to make it very clear. And I give him a lot of respect for this. He wanted to make it very clear that this decision was not all on Mitch Trubisky. He said, I don't want this decision, us, the Steelers, choosing to go with Kenny Pickett in the near short term or at least in this week, I don't want this to be viewed as somehow damning on Mitch Trubisky. And Mitch Trubisky didn't play well enough to keep the job, but it's also, and this is something Tomlin mentioned, it's also way more than just him. The whole offense failed to score points. The coaching staff failed to put them in position to score points. And he said it the best when he said they needed a spark. And that is the one word that you heard from all the players, especially the offensive players, uh, after the game on Sunday, Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, James Daniels, everyone that spoke to the media during Monday's media availability, they all said the same thing. He provided a spark. Now, can that spark be sustained? We'll see. We'll see. It's a tough task ahead, and, and that's something that Tomlin also mentioned. He said, you know, am I concerned about Kenny moving forward? He said, I'm concerned about Kenny this Sunday, but I'd be concerned with any quarterback this Sunday, and that's because Buffalo's a tough place to play. The Bills are a very good football team, and it's going to be a very tough task for Kenny Pickett in his first start of his NFL career. We'll talk about that more on Friday. Other stuff that Tomlin mentioned, we'll get to the injuries in a second, uh, he did clarify to everyone that Calvin Austin III is eligible to return. He can start, and he, the Steelers organization is what I mean to say, can start what's called the 21-day window or the clock on any player that is eligible to come off of injured reserve. And you might be listening to this saying, well, what does that even mean? I'll tell you what it means. That means that they have 21 days once they return to practice to find themselves moving back onto the active roster. If they don't in that 21-day window, then that means that their season is done and they go on season-ending injured reserve. It is very unlikely that someone like Calvin Austin III would find himself in that scenario. It's also very unlikely that the Steelers would start a clock on a player that isn't ready to come back. They are more than likely just, like, think about Stefan Tuitt two years ago, uh, or I'm sorry, last year where he was on injured reserve. Everyone's like, okay, they're going to start his clock. They're going to get him back to practice, and it just kept getting pushed back. So they can stay on IR as long as they need. Once they start that clock, they have 21 days to promote them to the active roster. I would not be shocked. And Mike Tomlin kind of alluded to this. If Calvin Austin III isn't promo- isn't, doesn't have his clock started pretty soon this week, maybe even as early as today, Wednesday, when you're listening to this podcast. So make sure you're staying tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers needs. We'll have that news if it happens. The injuries. Injuries are a big deal now with the Steelers team, especially the Steelers defense. Just listen to some of these injuries. Cam Sutton. He's dealing with both a groin injury, which was aggravated last Friday, the last injury report before the game against the Jets, and then also sustained a hamstring injury during the game against the Jets. He's got two lower body injuries. Cam Hayward's dealing with an ankle and an elbow injury. He was battling through those on Sunday at Acroshore Stadium. Akella Witherspoon still dealing with that hamstring, and Mike Tomlin, who does not like to do this, he said... You might not, you might want to expect him to still be out. I, I, I kind of called this when he was injured in, in week three on Thursday night football. They, they ruled him out right away. I said, 
This one could be a longer injury. I'm, I'm kind of shocked they didn't put him on injured, injured reserve if they thought it was that bad. Uh, but still, Witherspoon, hamstring, keep an eye on that. Now that I think about it, if Calvin Austin III comes back, you might see Witherspoon slide to injured reserve or something like that if that's what they need to do if his hamstring injury is severe. Mika Fitzpatrick is dealing with a knee, which Mike Tomlin said is going to need to be quote-unquote monitored throughout the week. And then Terrell Edmonds, is dealing with a concussion. Terrell Edmonds is in the concussion protocol, so we'll see what that availability looks like in the first reported injury report today, Wednesday, so keep your eye out for that. But a lot of injuries all on the defensive side of the ball. That's not very good, as they'd say in Spanish. That's no bueno, so we'll see what happens with the defense and what they uh, concoct. But let's do some DEFCON updates. Here we go. It's it's week five. The Steelers are getting ready for that game in Buffalo against the Bills. Let's look at our DEFCON updates. In case you are a new listener to the podcast, welcome aboard. Welcome. Let me introduce you to the Ride or Die crew. They are my loyal listeners that never miss a show Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. The DEFCON numbers are one through five. One is the worst. And that's weird because most of the time one's the best. In this case, DEFCON levels, one is things are going sideways, all hell's breaking loose, Get the women and children and get out of town. That's one. Five is business as usual, two thumbs up, let's roll. So let's go position by position like we always do. Let's start off with offense and the quarterback position. Last week, I had it at a two. I was really down on Mitch Trubisky, but now, and yes, shocker, four. I've got it at a four this week, and I just think because the fan base, the team itself, the organization is kind of like, okay, we're turning that page. No longer is it when it's a it's happening now. So I do think also that this is a move with bringing Kenny Pickett into the fold, giving him a start, getting him acclimated to actually being the guy. I think this is a good move for the Steelers in the long term, and I actually think it's a good move in the short term as well. No, it's not going to be an easy few games, but I like the way they're trending. I like Kenny Pickett. Like what I saw, even in the short, small sample size, I have it at a four. Wide receivers and tight ends, that stays the same four. They still could make a bit more plays. We're talking about Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryer, with all these passes tipping off their hands, going into uh, the opposition's hands. Improve on that, but four. I've got it at four. Running backs, four. I think Najee Harris in the running game, they are improving every single week. Mike Tomlin agreed with me. He said that he thinks Najee is getting better by the week. I think it's a four, and I think it's it's very understandable to be optimistic about the running backs where they are right now. The offensive line remains at a four. I, I still am impressed with what they're doing. They gave up three sacks in the first half with Mitch Trubisky at the helm. Only, I'm, I'm sorry, none in the second half when Kenny Pickett took over, and that was because he was getting rid of the ball quickly. He was navigating the pocket well. Mitch Trubisky, I think one of those sacks might have been on him. The other two were on the offensive line. So still, I like the way they're trending, running the ball better. They're protecting. Give me a four. It's probably never going to be a five unless they become a dominant unit, but I'm okay with that group being a four. Let's go to the defense. Defensive line, you talk about the injuries to Cam Hayward. That's not good. You're not getting the production that you would expect from even someone like Larry or uh, Chris Wormley. Uh, DeMarvin Leal is playing well, but I have it as as a two. It stays the same as a two. Now, the defensive backs, based on injury, we're talking about injuries to Minka, Terrell Edmonds, 
Witherspoon, Sutton. Yeah, that's a lot of bodies to be missing. And I'm not saying they're all going to miss the game on Sunday, but that's a lot of names and a lot of really important names. I've got them at a two. It goes down by one. Not very optimistic about the defensive backs, especially with the task at hand. Inside linebackers stay at a four. I'm I understand Devin Bush. People hate the guy. I'm not pleased with Robert Spillane and his role, but that's not on him. I've got him as a four. Outside linebackers go down a tick to two. I just want them to see, I want to see someone other than Highsmith at this point have some type of production from the outside linebacker role. Give me a Jameer Jones. I don't care if he's the closest guy to Josh Allen on Sunday if he slips and falls and he gets a sack. I don't care. That counts. Give me some type of production. Special teams, I'm going with a four, and that stays the same. All right. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this first half of the podcast. So I'm driving home from work on on Tuesday, and I'm thinking to myself what I want to talk about, and I'm thinking about Tomlin's press conference. I listened to that again I'm thinking about fan narratives, as I often do when I'm talking in, on this podcast. And the one thing I kept on thinking about, and this probably stems from actually the Steelers' hangover, combined with, and I listened to that podcast, it was a great show. Shannon White was on fire uh, with Brian Davis and Tony Defio. And then combined it with listening to Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floor on Tuesday morning. I kind of thought about, okay. I think that we can all say right now that it is highly unlikely the Steelers will be vying for a Super Bowl in 2022. And everyone's going to probably admit that this team is in a rebuild mode. Retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. It's the same flipping thing. I think that after the change of quarterback, and this is the title of the podcast, the Steelers' rebuild is ahead of schedule. I said it. They are ahead of schedule. I said this in the offseason. People ask me, Jeff, realistically, how long do you think it'll take for the Steelers to be an actual Super Bowl contender? An actual Super Bowl contender. And I said, in an all honesty, two to three years. It's going to take two to three years. I said, I loved what they did in the offseason. I liked their draft class. But there's still work to be done. But Kenny Pickett coming in in week four and then starting in week five, to me, that puts the accelerator down on this. It means that they are ahead of schedule. They, they might not want to be ahead of schedule, but they are ahead of schedule. So what I did is I first factor in this is I looked at the youth movement. The youth movement. This was something the guys talked about on the Steelers hangover. And let's look at the, the offense. Let's just look at the offense first. We'll go over the defense too. These are no longer the old guys. These are not the old guys anymore. When you think about the narratives that used to be, about you know Ben Roethlisberger is aging, and you have older receivers, and you got some old guys up front, and Marquise Pouncey and DeCastro, and all these guys. That's not the case anymore. At running back, Najee Harris, year two. Jalen Warren, rookie. That's your running back duo right there. That's young. Wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, year four. Chase Claypool, year three. George Pickens, rookie. Calvin Austin the third, rookie. I'm not including someone like Miles Boykin, who I think is in year four or five. But still, those four, those are expected to be your guys the coming years. Everyone is year four or younger. Look at tight ends. Pat Fryer with year two. Zach Gentry is year four. You want to throw in Connor Hayward. He's a rookie. Look at the quarterback now. He's a rookie. You got a rookie at quarterback. I mean, yeah, that's the most important position, but my gosh, like, think about what we all say about the NFL and the salary cap. You want to win during that rookie contract. Hello, the Steelers are there right now. See what they can do. Offensive line, James Daniels, Mason Cole, year five. Kevin Dotson, year three. 
You look at Dan Moore Jr., year two. Chooks Okorafor is going into year five. These are young guys. This offense is ridiculously young. And so the youth movement is alive and well on the Steelers. And this offense, I feel like, is trending in a in the right direction. They are, from, from front to back, they are trending in the right direction. Are they perfect? No. Are they great? No, not yet. But they could be. They're heading in the right direction. But the defense, a uh, little bit more pumping the brakes there. Let's go over the defense. The most expensive defense in the National Football League. Minka Fitzpatrick, year five. Same with Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds is only on that one-year deal, so who knows if he'll be around next year or not. You have Cam Sutton, year six, but he's going into the final year of his deal as well. Witherspoon, year six. He signed a two-year deal. He'll be back. Levi Wallace, year five. He signed a two-year deal. He'll be back. Devin Bush, year four. Who knows what he'll, what has coming up for him in the future. Miles Jack is in year seven. He'll be back next year. You want to throw in Mark Robinson, who has a seventh-round draft pick, was able to at least make the team. He's not been active, but he's made the team. He's a rookie, if you want to throw his name in the hat. Robert Splane, he's continued to – he'll eventually have – they'll have to pay him or they'll have to let him go. We'll see what happens there. And outside linebacker, TJ's in year six. Alex Highsmith is year three. You look at the defensive line. In the defensive line, I mean, this is where you have the age. These are the old guys. You got Cam Hayward, 11 years, year 11. Tyson Alualu, year 12. Chris Wormley is in his sixth year. Larry's in his sixth year. But then you got Isaiah Loudermilk in year two. DeMarvin Leal is a rookie who's been playing a lot more, a lot better, got some high praise from Tomlin on Tuesday. But even when you look at the defense, I mean, like I said, year five, uh, you got you got a bunch of year five guys. There's experience there, but they're not old heads yet. Only Cam and Tyson Alualu would be considered in the back end of their prime. Everyone else seems to be right in the thick of it. So if you have an up and coming offense and you got a defense that's just missing a few pieces, that's what I'm talking about here, folks. I said it. I'll stick to my words. Two to three years is what I said for this team to be an actual viable Super Bowl contender. Now Omar Khan, in my opinion, is a wild card in this rebuild. The reason, why, the reason why is we don't know what to expect from him. We have never seen him and his scouting department go through an NFL draft cycle. We have seen them make a lot of good moves when you talk about contracts, whether it's Larry, whether you talk about Minka Fitzpatrick's deal, Deontay Johnson, you talk about Chris Boswell. I can run down the list for you, but these are all – we knew that he can do that. We knew that Omar Khan is is a contract wizard. He knows how to write him up. He knows how to make it so it works best for the team. Look at Mitch Trubisky's deal. It's going to be a very minimum deal unless un, some unforse, something unforeseen happens and he gets thrust into a starter position again and ends up hitting a lot of incentives that they build into his contract. But the one thing you have to answer – and I honestly – I mean, I've, I've heard bits and pieces about who Omar Khan hired – in terms of his scouting department. Did he surround himself with the best football people? One of the guys, you talk about uh, Andy Weedle. Everyone said he, he came from Philly, came from Baltimore. Those are teams that typically draft well. They know what they're doing. They, they put together good pieces of the puzzle. We'll see what happens. That's definitely a, a but listen, it's not, this is not just age. Okay, I want to make that very clear. I, got, I just ran down the roster and, and talked about how old they were. It's not just about age. I want to make that a, as crystal as possible. They have to find the right players. And that's not just in the draft. That's also in free agency. So, yeah, Mason Cole and James Daniels, I love those additions. But are they the right guys? 
Is the coaching staff the right coaching staff to get these players in position to succeed? You talk about Pat Meyer. You talk about Matt Canada. Heck, you could even go over to Terrell Austin, Brian Flores. Are these the right guys? All of this has to come together, and it's not going to happen overnight. Even though Kenny Pickett might accelerate the rebuild, and I think it's ahead of schedule, it's still going to take time. It's still going to take time for this team to still put the pieces together. They've spent a lot of time, a lot of capital, especially draft capital, on the offense, and that's very evident when I just read that down. Now it's time for them to start to slide back to the defense, especially the defensive line, inside linebacker, and start to refunnel some of that capital back into the defense. And if they did that, if they did this the right way, rebuild the offense, fill in the holes on defense when these aging players leave, that's when you might have a Super Bowl championship team right there. It could happen, folks. I'm just saying, I think it's ahead of schedule. And that's something to be excited about. We're watching this happen. Mike Tomlin's known for being able to take these rebuild years and still win football games in them. We'll see if they can still do that in 2022. Going to be tough, but we'll see. All right. Hey, you had a lot of questions. I've got a lot of answers. We'll be right back after this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. It is Wednesday. Happy hump day. It is time for another mailbag podcast. We have a lot of questions. It's actually a new record. I didn't even retweet this. Uh, normally in the afternoon, especially in the off season, I retweet it like when I'm on my way home from work, hoping to just get a few more questions so that I can fill out the 30 minutes. This is a new record. I, uh, 42, 42 questions Yikes. Here we go. Let's get, let's go. Here we go. Let's dive straight into this. Chris Haney, my cousin, Chris, he says, dear Jeff Hartman, senior. There's no, I'm no, I'm not a senior. My son's not Jeff Hartman. So he's my cousin. He's nuts. Do you think it's even wise for Watt to try and return this season? I don't foresee the Steelers being anything close to a contender. So why not heal to hundred percent? I think that the way that this season is trending, the Steelers are going to be very cautious with TJ Watt. And they're going to have to say to the medical staff, hey, if he's at 100% and he's not at any further risk of further damage that's going to require surgery in the offseason and then delay his preparation for 2023, then let him play. You are paying this guy a lot of money. And so you want to see some type of production. And I think he wants to play too. He wants to be out there and help his team win. I get that. I understand the theory. If you listen to the first half, you know that I, I said that I don't expect them to win a Super Bowl this year. But still, I think that T.J. Watt, if he's going to be healthy, if he is 100%, they're going to let him play. Southside Doc or Doc M asked, what Steelers storyline is being overlooked or not even noticed? In my opinion, and I hate saying this, I hate saying it, is the subpar play of Cam Hayward. And they're saying it, they're not saying because he is the best. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great interview. He is the team leader. 
and no one wants to say it, but he's just not, he just doesn't have it right now. Maybe he's banged up. That's a lot of people's theories of that. Jeffrey Benedict says he's banged up. I'll take him for his word. But he just doesn't have that it factor that we've seen from Cam Hayward where, hey, if TJ's out, I've got it. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have that it factor. So that's the one for me. I hate to say that. Okay, Heath Davis asked several questions. He said, do you believe hanging having Kenny Pickett will benefit or detract from the running backs rushing attack? I think it will benefit the running backs. Because if, if you have someone like Kenny Pickett who can throw it over the middle, and he has proven that he can throw it over the middle, and he's decisive in his, in his decision-making, he is back foot hits and it's out. Or back foot hits and he's moving. That's going to force the defense to say, we can't load the box right now. That deep pass to Pickens on the sideline, they're not going to be able to play single high if they're going to hit that pass often. If you're going to give George Pickens one-on-one coverage on the outside, Kenny Pickett's going to exploit it. So you have to change your defensive scheme, and that's going to help the running backs. I think this is going to help them. Great question. More from Heath. He said, I would like to formally apologize for speaking Jordan Berry back into existence, which you did do. Screw you, Heath. And I'm just <laughs> He's a question one over under. He calls Kenny Pickett the Steel Panther. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of that nickname, but still will continue. Has 25 attempts for 275 against the Bucks. So now we're not talking about the Bills. We're talking about the Bucks. I'll take the over. Question two, Austin 316. He's talking about Calvin Austin the third is back. Does he replace Gunner as the returner, or do you think Sims steps in? I don't, I don't, I can't say that Calvin Austin just comes into an NFL game as a rookie and starts returning punts and returning kicks based on the fact that he never did it in the preseason because he never played in the preseason. Sims has. I think Sims takes over that role if they choose that, which Mike Tomlin was not happy with Gunnar Olszewski, by the way. He was not happy at all. They asked him, how's his confidence level? He says, not very good. You put the ball on the, on the turf twice in four games. That's a trend. He said two times is a trend in the NFL. It seems like he's at the end of his rope. Final question from Heath. You have Deeds from Mr. Deeds, <laughs> Dwight from The Office, and Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber to add to your coaching staff. Where do you put them? Oh, my gosh. Um, Dwight from The Office is going to be my uh, – he's going to be the – He's gonna be the general manager. There you go. We'll put him in the general. Harry and Lloyd, you're gonna be they're gonna be on scouting and deeds. Uh, we'll put him in charge of player personnel. There you go. All right. It's not a coaching staff, but I put him in the organization. We got several from um Brian Haynes. Brian asks, Will the Steelers win another game before the bye? I I think they will. I think they will. This team consistently plays up to their competition, and they are going to steal some games. I honest to goodness believe they are going to steal some games. So I think, yes, they absolutely will. Next question from Brian. How worried for the defense are you? Are they DEFCON 1 yet? I went over my DEFCON in the first half. I don't do it by general, you know, I don't do it by generalities, mainly like offense and defense, but I'm concerned, but not to the point where I'm DEFCON 1 for any of them. So keep that in mind. Good questions there from up. Oh, we got one more. I'm sorry from Brian was Mitch Trubisky the problem or did Canada have things for Kenny Pickett that he didn't use until Kenny came in. It seems like um, the middle of the field was used when Kenny was in as well as Pickens was Canada not calling things or Mitch Trubisky not seeing them. I think it was a little bit of both. And what was interesting is I, I I've listened to Kenny Pickett's post game press conference twice now. And I really want to hear the questions better and his responses, and they said, were you limited at all? And he said, no, I even told Coach, talking about Canada, let's rip it. Like Those were his words. Let's go in there and just call the call the plays. I'll run them. Let's rip it. And I guarantee you there were plays that 
He saw the middle of the field. He threw with anticipation. Someone on Twitter had a really interesting video. They were able to take almost the same exact play, the play where Mitch Trubisky, uh, he gets sacked in his play, and it's almost the same exact play with Kenny Pickett above, and it's the one where Kenny Pickett takes a shot from Quinnen Williams right in the face but delivers a dart. It's a little bit behind Pat Fryermuth, but he makes a great catch, and they get down to the two-yard line. And it's right on top of each other, and you can just see the difference. Trubisky just never has that anticipation. Kenny Pickett does. I think it's a little bit of both. Expect this offense to look different, uh, at least from a play-calling perspective this Sunday. Brittany Shaw asks, Hey, I'm seeing some beat writers saying that the Steelers shouldn't have drafted Najee, saying he's bad. Personally, I think they are just trying to get a response. How do you feel about Najee's performance thus far, knowing that he has been struggling with injury? That's a great question, Brittany. You know, a lot of people, I made fun of all the people that said Najee Harris has horrible vision. You can have the vision. You could be rusty, and he could also be battling injury. Mike Tomlin, I trust what he says uh, most of the time, and he said that he feels like he's getting better, he being Najee Harris, every single week. He said he's getting better and better. He had 74 yards rushing last week. He is on the right path. Just have to stick together. The offensive line and Najee Harris, they did not get to play much together in the preseason. They have to just continue to grind. Keep grinding. I'm not upset with the Najee Harris pick. I like Najee Harris a lot. Cheeseball10 asks, hope is the word of the week. What happens if the Steelers pull off the win this week away at Buffalo? How does the narrative change surrounding the team? A win in Buffalo in week five? How does that narrative change the team? Shoot, that means hopes, hope, that would not be the word. It would be, uh, you'd have people talking about destiny. You'd have people talking about, you know, playoffs and division. If they were to find a way to win this game and come back to Pittsburgh against a Tampa Bay team, it's kind of banged up right now, and they'd be two and three, and Kenny Pickett just went on the road and got that win, that Acrisure Stadium would be rocking. It's going to be rocking anyways because they want to see Kenny Pickett start. So I think that uh, the narrative would definitely change starting the team. I would go as far as saying, cheese ball, that the narrative will change even if the Steelers go to Buffalo, play them extremely tough, and lose. Let's say they lose uh, by the score of 27-23, something like that that the narrative would change around the team as well. Take that for what it's worth. All right, believers in miracles. Here we go. This guy, we've been going at it about Kenny Pickett on uh, Twitter. He says, are the left and right sides of the O-line as different as I see? The right side seems to be consistent and improving. The left side is the Fort Pitt (laughs) Bridge during rush hour. A disaster. Dan Moore especially seems to stand out every game. Is there any hope? So for me... I do see that the same way as you do. Let's make that very clear. I see the right side as being really strong right now, and the left side is is definitely the weaker side. I'm sorry, but Kevin Dotson, the more I see videos on Twitter and on our Slack channel, the more I see Kevin Dotson getting blown off the ball and into the lap of the running backs. Dan Moore's not much better, but he at least is young, and he's, he's working things out. They're both young. I got to be honest. They're both young. So I think there's hope there, but yeah, you you see it the same way I do. There's a definite difference. I think the offensive line is going to need to be a target uh, in the draft or in free agency in the coming seasons. My boy Jerome, Jeremy Betts, asked a question. How did the Steelers win in Buffalo? Is there a way? Sure there's a way. It's the same way they did it last year. You have to take the football away, so create some turnover somehow, some way, get some splash, 
You got to take care of the football. You can't turn it over. Can't give Josh Allen extra possessions. And then there's some other keys that we're going to talk about on Friday. Quit jumping the gun, Jerome. All right, Shaquille Gregory. Isn't Calvin Austin eligible to return now? And do you think Gunner should be replaced with his latest woes? Calvin Austin talked about that. He is eligible to have his 21-day clock started. I don't think he would necessarily replace Gunner. He could replace Gunner on the this is going to be really interesting how they manipulate the roster when Calvin Austin comes back. What do they do? Where do they have players going? Who would be returning kicks? You know, it's something that Anthony McFarland used to do, but he's not on the active roster. It's going to be really interesting. But I, I do think Gunner, if he continues with his and it's not just the fumbles, it's these dumb decisions to not fair catch footballs. Yeah, he should be replaced, in my opinion. Zach Farnsworth asks, what are your expectations for Pickett moving forward? If you could pick a veteran still in the league to bring in as a mentor, who would it be like Batch was for Ben early in his career? To be honest with you, I think that the guy they have is a good mentor. Mitch Trubisky, he's been in his shoes. If there's anyone else, and if, unless Mitch Trubisky's going to be a, a complete jag about this, which, hey, I get it. If you're pissed, you should be pissed. If you're not pissed, you're not a competitor. But if Mitch Trubisky can put that aside and say, I need to make sure, as a human, I want to make sure that he doesn't fall into the same things that I did. And so he he was there in Chicago, taking over from Mike Lennon. So he, he would be probably one of the few guys I would say this would be a perfect, perfect guy. But still in the league, that's, yeah, I don't know. Mitchell Gibbons asks, are the Steelers the worst team to bet on? Goodness gracious. Yes, they are. On paper, the Steelers should be 1-7 and seven at the bye or can see us at 5-3 and three just because the Steelers like to lose the teams they should beat and beat teams they should lose to. They're only one game back. Can the Steelers win the division? So the division is is staying with the Steelers. We'll put it that way. And 2-2 two and two leads the division. Steelers are 1-3. and three. They're right in the thick of things still. It's hard to believe, but they are. Um, they are difficult to bet on. And trust me, I know this as I'm sitting here trying to give my listeners a logical parlay that I feel like is a good parlay every week. And my parlays couldn't hit. If I was in a boat on the middle of a lake, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of it. I mean, it's unbelievable how bad my parlays have been. And I'm trying everything. Team bets, individual player bets. I can have no bead on this team. Maybe with Pickett, there's a little bit more consistency, and I'll be able to get there, but we'll see. Good questions there, Mitchell. Thank you. Lori asks, hi, Jeff. Haven't I haven't been able to see Flores' influence on this defense. Can you point it out to me? Is he making any difference? I honestly think that for Flores' input, for his influence, as you put it, to be visible, he needs to have all weapons available. And what I mean by that is I think that you really would have seen this and you saw it in the preseason if DeMonte KZ was healthy. If he was healthy, then you would see Flores' fingerprints with these three safety looks, being able to put Terrell Edmonds in as more like a linebacker. You would have you would not have to rely on Robert Spillane as much. Robert Spillane would be replaced on third downs with someone like Terrell Edmonds, who you might not love him, but he's better at coverage than Robert Spillane. They don't have them available. So I think that we have to see a healthy defensive unit with T.J. Watt out there. Then, maybe then, you start to see Flores' influence. But he can only do so much with the players that are available. Ryan Carter says, do you think the next benching will be Claypool? It doesn't seem like he has the it factor. I'm excited about Calvin Austin, but I don't want to be that guy. If Calvin Austin comes in and can find a role for himself, they're gonna someone's going to sit. Someone's going to sit. I mean, Claypool, you got to make a play. George Pickens is making plays. You got to make a play. 
And if I'm the coaching staff, I'm like, hey, y'all see what George Pickens is doing out there? He's high-pointing the ball like crazy, back shoulder throws, sideline catches. Claypool, Lord knows what that guy's doing. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is Claypool. I think it's Gunnar O. He's the next benching. And after that, it might be uh, Tyson Alualu. But we'll see. Tank asked several questions. Tank says, with the defense struggling without TJ Watt, do you think the Rooney... The Roonies will allow TJ to ever leave the building, making him sleep in the trainer's room, getting worked on, or do we draft a high-caliber outside linebacker to spell him more frequently? I don't think – let me give you an example. I don't think you need a high-draft pass rusher. Give me Alex Highsmith next year's draft, and I'd be happy. Alex Highsmith was a third-round draft pick. So it's a day-two pick. You're putting value into the position. You realize the, the importance of it. But, yeah, I would be okay with that type of pick. I don't need a first-rounder there. I don't need a second-rounder there. Give me a third-rounder, even a fourth-rounder, a guy that might be a little rough around the edges, needs some work, but can come in and spell players. That's what I want. I think that's what they need. All right, Tanks is not a question, but more of a statement. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Boz. 59 yards and got no love. I'm Hey, I, I apologized on Twitter. I'll say it here on the show. I should have had Boswell on my winner's list. I didn't. I was mad. I was frustrated. My apologies. Last one from Tank. With with being the picket to Pickens show, do you think Johnson's numbers fall off in favor of 14 or 8 and 88? And how do you make room for Calvin Austin the third? I already mentioned I have no clue how they're going to do this with Calvin Austin coming back when he comes back. But I also think that the Steelers' offense with Kenny Pickett at the helm, if it goes the way my mind sees it, it's going to be spreading spreading it around. They're going to find the matchups, and they're going to exploit those matchups. And when they don't get those matchups and they find the other matchup, they're going to go with that matchup. They're going to, it's not going to be Trubisky. Trubisky was, wait till the guy gets open, then throw him the ball. That's, that's not how Kenny Pickett plays. You saw this on Sunday. He throws the ball with anticipation and throws receivers open. That is the main difference. So keep that in mind. It's Kenny time. That's right. Hagen, he says, why don't they put Claypool in the slot like last year? He's clearly no outside receiver material. Thank you. They have been. They have been. This is something I've been, I have not been tracking. I have not been logging. Um, But I've I've watched this, and you can ask Dave Schofield this uh, on Twitter or whatever. We will be sitting there watching the game in my living room, and I will just say out loud just what's going on. I'll say up. Pat Fryarmy, Zach Gentry, two tight ends said, you got Claypool here. Claypool's up top. And I just say it to myself. So I'm like saying it, I'm, I'm thinking about it. And then sometimes I'll say, oh, Claypool's in the slide. You got Pickens up top. You got DJ down low. And I say this just so that I know where these players are. And I said Claypool has been playing in the slot more. Uh, they just have to find a, a place where he can get open and be a, I think the slot would be perfect if he played there more often. Nick asked, does it behoove the Steelers and Mike Tomlin to go all in as coach and organization behind Pickett, as in making him the face of the 2022 season and eventually the franchise, delegate and allot the resources, coaching and marketing around him, give him the keys? If he shows he can do it, yeah, give him the flipping keys. Like I said, this is when you win. You win with a rookie, rookie, rookie quarterback on that deal. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, all these quarterbacks were successful with their rookie deals that set up the franchise. Yes, give him the freaking keys once he proves it. He's got to prove it, but once he does, yeah, don't hold back. King Tibbs, thinking about Kenny's postgame presser, 
And I can see how he electrifies the team with his personality. The dude's a competitor to his core. I find it refreshing to hear, I don't like losing. He's already coming off as a leader, in my opinion. I haven't seen the rest of the offense as upset as him. The question was cut short, but in my opinion, he showed a fire that the rest of the offense hasn't. Mm, Interesting. Obviously, they want to win, but seems like DJ and Chase are just going through the motions out there to me, and that's uninspiring for sure. What are your thoughts on the matter? I think, and you saw this, I saw it in the preseason, if I'm being honest. I saw it in the preseason. Kenny Pickett, I think it was in Jacksonville, he was over and he was yelling at Sullivan that they're not getting the plays in fast enough, and he's yelling at him. And he's not just like saying, hey, coach, come on. Like he's got his fingers going in a circle. Like we got to hustle it up. We got to move it. Now he's yelling, reminding me of Ben Roethlisberger later in his career, but this guy's a rookie. And then even, you know, you saw it on, on the field on Sunday, he's motioning to the sideline. He's changing protections. He's also in the huddle, getting guys going. Guys were saying that he was demonstrative in the huddle. He's also getting slapped in the face, not well, kind of literally, figuratively as well, makes a play, gets up, he's drawn at the, the defensive lineman. Like, what in the world? Like, that's what you want. Guys feed off of that. Mitch Trubisky seems like a great guy, but he's also really quiet. No one loves football more than me. I mean, come on. Yeah, I get it. That's the guy you want your daughter to date, but you want, want, to, want, to, want to win a football game? Give me the guy that's going to jaw at a guy that's 300 pounds and just planted him on his back and he gets him like, yeah, I still completed the pass there, fool. All right, moving on. Another one from King Tibbs. Hey, Jeff, I noticed Minka doesn't get the full name treatment. That's true. Like Trent Jordan, Christopher Lynn, what's up with the snub? BTSE is far the best site on the net and its flagship Let's Ride is hands down the best show on the site. Kudos to all you guys. Thank you very much, King Tibbs. I appreciate the the comments about BTSE as the guy in charge, I appreciate that. And as the host of Let's Ride, I appreciate that comment as well. Will Caldwell, with the defense struggling, I'm really surprised that they haven't taken a couple pages out of Flores' scheme. With multiple players in the box making the offense guess who will blitz on any given play, do you think as the season goes on that they do that or just keep on? I think they will eventually start to do that. I just think they need to get all the horses back. And at least, I mean, think about think about Malik Reed. Think about Jameer Jones. Think about some of these other players that they've, as Mike Tomlin says, jumping on a moving train. They've got to get acclimated before they can really start to expand some of that stuff. So I think it will happen, just not yet. Maybe this Sunday. I hope so. Hayden Blaine says, hey, Jeff, could you see George Pickens overtake Deontay Johnson as wide receiver one by the end of the season? In my opinion, Aiden, they don't need a wide receiver one. Give me a bunch of great wide receivers that are that are selfless, and don't care who gets the accolades, and they just work together. Hey, the open man gets the ball. That's what I want, and that's what I hope the Steelers' offense turns into. Evan Savage, Pickett is the quarterback, thank God. I thought he looked legit for the first time out there. Does his presence give you any more hope for the season? Absolutely, Evan. I mean, when you think back to the what I said in the first half about the the just Kenny Pickett in general, it accelerates this rebuild. It accelerates it. It also gives me hope for the season. The Steelers could have a losing record, and if I see progress by Pickett, progress on the offensive side of the ball, the needs on the team become more clear. That's a win. That's a win for me as a fan, so that's what I have to keep telling myself. Ben P. asks, what changes to the defense do you think they can realistically make to get shut shut down a drive? Also, I feel upset Coming next Sunday, Steelers win by 10. Oh, I feel an upset coming. There you go. I'm sorry, I misread that. I feel an upset coming. Steelers win by 10. Good Lord, I hope you're right, Ben. On defense, here's what I think the defense can do to to shut down a drive. I think that they need to start really relying on some of their young guys. And this is going to sound silly, but I want to see DeMarvin Leal more. 
I want to see uh, maybe Isaiah Loudermilk should get a hat over someone like Chris Wormley. Um, I, maybe it's Tyson Alualu. I don't know. But you got to start making some changes. You got to start seeing what else you can do. That's really, really interesting to me. All right, Andy Cooper says, hey, Jeff, do you think that the Kenny can revive the Steelers' offense enough for us to get back in the race in the AFC North, or is the 1-3 and three hole too big to climb out of given the difficulty of the schedule? Schedule is tough. No one's saying that it isn't. But I do think that they'll be able to climb out of it if they can just kind of keep their head above water. That's all they got to do. Keep your head, stay afloat over the next few weeks and then see what you can do because after the bye, it does soften up a little bit. Uh, Will Caldwell, Jeff, again, looking at the defense, where do you think a bigger need is looking forward to the draft? A corner, an interior defensive line. I think that honestly, if I'm looking at next year, it's interior defensive line first, cornerback second. I would love for them to do cornerback as a free agency rather than draft. Uh, I do like the cornerbacks they have. I think bringing back Cam Sutton is important. I like Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace. If they could get one more guy, give me a Joe Hayden three years ago, give me that type of guy, that secondary would be locked down. I love it. Tendercats, his second question, why are people so worried about Kenny Pickett's performance? In my eyes, he threw one pick. Claypool's hands didn't even come above his helmet, and in the end zone pick was bogus. It was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. I believe we have a bright young star in the making. I agree with you, Tendercat. I think that this absolutely is a young star in the making, and I've been advocating for him to be the quarterback since day one. Now, I'm not saying that day one when they drafted him, I was like, this guy should start day one. I'm saying that once I saw him play, training camp, preseason, I said week one, he should be the guy. I've been saying that. Those that listen, you know it. Jim Howe, I was at my first Steelers game. They lost. Uh, I watched Kenny Pickett, though, in his first NFL game. Do you think the Steelers' luck will change with Kenny now? I absolutely do. I really do. And it's cool that you got to see him the first time. Maybe it would be similar to the people that were in Baltimore in 2004 when they saw the start of Ben Roethlisberger's career in Week 2. Johnny G, Jeff, do you think that Kenny is Ocho Magic? I hope so. I really do. Haskins QB1, can Kenny turn the season around and make something out of nothing? And did you see the interview Mitch did after being benched? He had an attitude and full of negative energy. I did not see that interview. Haskins QB1, send me a link. I know you got my Twitter. Send me a link. I want to see it. I have not seen it. And I'm, I don't, like I said, I would not want him to be happy. If he's over there, jolly, oh, this is great, then that dude's got a serious problem. He's not a competitor. Another one from Haskins QB1. Hey, Jeff, it's funny how when Kenny is the QB on the offense, runs better. Why is that? He's decisive. He can make those intermediate throws. He's not second-guessing himself. He's just going out there and dealing. Sometimes that is the best bet, you know? It's the best bet. Leboy, the one, says, when when's TJ coming back? He has, I think, two more weeks on his injured reserve stint. He's eligible to come back. Let's see here. He was put on injured reserve prior to week two. So week two starts it after week six is when he's able to come back. Tendercat says, long-time listener, first-time asker, Welcome to the show, Tendercat. I know I answered your second one. Twitter kind of gets these all jacked up. I'm excited to see what Kenny has to offer with his edge attitude. However, with the young and inconsistent offense and mediocre defense without Watt, do you believe the Bills will blow them out like they did? The Titans, I'm a little worried. I don't see the Steelers getting blown out by anybody. If they did, I'd be shocked. They, I'd be shocked. We'll talk predictions and stuff on Friday's show. Lucas asks, which players have you been surprised by the season, positively or negatively? I kind of already talked about that at the beginning of the second half with Cam Hayward. He's just not playing up to snuff for me, and if he's banged up, I get it, but that's just one of them that's negatively. Players that have been surprised by this season, positively, 
Uh, Chuk's a core four. And no one's talking about him either. That dude, he got his he got his contract. Everyone freaked out. Oh my gosh, this is awful. Dude's playing great football. He is playing great football. Give credit where credit's due. Lou R. Better says, Hey Jeff, it's my birthday today. Happy birthday, Lou. And I would, ha- I would love a functioning offense as a gift. I wish for you to replace Canada. What changes do you make with player scheme and attitude to bring the Steelers back to our winning ways? Thanks. Love the show. Thank you, Lou, and happy birthday. Um, Matt Canada's offense, I do like the way that he wants to set it up. He wants to use the run. He wants to grind it out. He wants to set up the pass. He likes those shifts and motions. Um, I think that with Kenny Pickett, it fits. It does fit what he's trying to do. So we'll see how it goes. I know you don't like Canada. I'm just trying to say let's let's be patient and let's see what it looks like with KP8 at the helm. That's going to be important. All right, let's get a couple more in here. How long is Kenny's leash before we put in Mason? Just kidding. ELH was the one that asked that. Yeah, please just be kidding. I actually wouldn't be shocked if Mason Rudolph finds his way in QB2 at some point or on another team. Jim D says, I wouldn't give DJ 20 million a year, maybe 10. What say you? Well, I mean, the deal's done, Jim. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, the deal is done. They, they're paying him some money for the next two years at that extension. So it is what it is. Let's see if we have any new questions here. Nope, we are done. Wow. Whew, I'm exhausted. But you all, you all did a great job. Asked some really good questions. Really good questions. I knew you all would be curious about a lot of things, and you all hit the ball out of the ballpark, as you always do, because my ride-or-die crew is the best. All right, folks, here's the deal. Friday, coming up, Jerome Betts, All Bets Are Off segment, NFL picks, my keys, my DraftKings parlay. God bless America. Can I get one right? Just one. Just one. All right, we'll talk about that on Friday. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. As we finish it out here, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless the Steelers. We'll see you on Friday. 